Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Once upon a time, it was known as leaving a paper trail. Uh, The term referred to letters, work memos, and other documents that, uh, when viewed collectively, may provide a a record of behavior or activity. Uh, Today, we speak more in terms of uh, a digital footprint, and that might refer to any messages on social media platforms, uh, documents that are saved or stored or moved through through the cloud or other storage devices. And this, too, can also form uh, a body of past communications, but one that may become much more permanent uh, than what we were used to in the past. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And, and today we're going to uh, take a look at uh, a new topic that uh, certainly has some relevance as we uh, bring in attorney uh, Chris Mackey of Lavelle Law. And we're going to kind of discuss the considerations of that digital experience when developing your estate plan and and maybe find some things that uh, make it uh, an important consideration. So I'm certainly looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Chris, how are you this afternoon? Thanks for being here, by the way. Hey, Jim. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, Certainly, you know, a lot of different legal aspects to consider with regard to one's digital presence, but let's focus on, on the impact of estate planning in particular, since that's your uh, your area. And when we take a high-level view of this, what, what definition would you use to describe uh, maybe what we call a digital asset? So a digital asset as opposed to, I mean, a non-digital asset uh, where you have kind of tangible, intangible property, digital laws treating it a little differently here and what it ends up being is your social media accounts. It ends up being your email. It's uh, your PayPal account, uh, the access to your online accounts, not the accounts themselves, but the ability to access them. So everything that kind of falls into how you manage your life digitally, those are your, quote, digital assets. Um, and they're they're treated differently than your other assets under your estate plan. Yeah, I, I, boy, you, you caught me there too. I didn't even think of email, and, and you mentioned that email accounts, uh, obviously a, a huge piece of this. So that that raises a whole new level in my mind here. So when we start talking about an estate plan, why, why, and how should we be concerned with all those digital assets that you just defined for us? So, barring some a very few amount of circumstances, a lot of people. So I should start here. A lot of people believe their username and passwords on a post-it note or on a piece of paper next to their estate plan and say, hey, these are my accounts, access them as you please. What some people don't realize is in doing so, it's actually violating privacy law, that uh, accessing that without the express permission is illegal. So in order to create that permission, what we need to do is expressly call out in the estate planning documents that the, whether the executor or the trustee or whoever whomever it may be would have access to these accounts and would be able to use them to help administer the estate. 
And uh, I'm, I'm going to digress here for just a minute because you, you talked about administering the estate and you mentioned terms like executor and trustee. Give us just a quick recap here of some of the basic components of an estate plan. What, what are we talking about and who are the key people that we want to focus on today? Absolutely. So there's two different forms that we typically see. We see uh, either an estate plan through a will or an estate plan through a trust. So an estate plan through a will, uh, you normally appoint what's called an executor, and the executor is the person who's in charge of making sure that the terms of the will, the provisions that say my son gets my car, that those provisions are carried out in accordance with the will. On the trust side, uh, it's very similar, except the person who's in charge of administering everything is named is called the trustee, and they're the ones who are in charge of making sure that the trust and the assets in the trust are uh, distributed and whether distributed or held in accordance with the terms of the trust. So here, uh, it would be providing in those two documents language that allows for either the executor or the trustee to access these uh, digital assets or digital accounts in order to help administer the estate. So if I'm hearing it, there's there's maybe two different ways to look at this when you do an estate plan um, and you designate those people to protect your interests and assets by adding this uh, digital uh, section in here you are not only granting authority, but to some degree you're probably also protecting those individuals so that they're not at risk by doing something that potentially someone could say they're not entitled to do on your behalf? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's really the crux of all of it, is we want to ensure that firstly and foremostly the person whose estate plan we are drafting, their wishes are carried out appropriately. Obviously that's first and foremost, but second, we want to make sure that whoever they name as either executor or trustee, that they're able to easily and flawlessly administer these assets so that, one, it's a low cost and time, and then secondly, that they're not putting their self at jeopardy of breaking any either fiduciary responsibilities or, I mean, very, very rarely laws, which sometimes is the case mm -hmm. here. Uh, Attorney Chris Mackey of Lavelle Law is a guest today on Chicago's Legal Latte. He's a, he's a member of the estate planning practice group uh, at Lavelle Law, and he's, he's sharing some information about digital assets and how they should be managed in an estate plan. Uh, and in terms of sharing information, let me also point you to LavelleLaw.com. You're going to find a, a profile on Chris, learn more about his background, and, and plenty of uh, articles and podcasts related to estate planning are, are housed there as well. Um, so let's get specific here and drill down a little bit. We've sort of given some definitions. So I'm I'm doing an estate plan. What what am I concerned with, and and why is it important that I to protect whether it's my email or anything else? I mean, what is the long term ramification of making sure that's taken care of? So first is it allows your family to access information. So let's mm -hmm. I mean the one that I like to go to for this is Facebook. So if for whatever reason, if you die unexpectedly, a lot, your family is going to want to access some of that information to see what happened, what was the lead, what, were there any signs of what could happen, or what were, you, what were you doing before you passed away. And it helps your family gain closure. So that helps everybody, in, everybody who loves you really realize uh, what happened and how they're able to kind of cope with the passing. Secondly, and it's, this is especially on email, 
is it helps your uh, executor or trustee track down your assets. So, Jim, I don't know about you, but I don't get paper statements anymore. I hit my bank mm-hmm. statements, uh, my uh, re- retirement account statements. All of that is all digital, and I get it all via email. So if I were to pass away, there's no, as you said at the beginning, there's no paper trail for my executor or trustee to track down. So what I would want them to do is to go into my email and say, okay, he had this account, he had this account, uh, he had these assets, and it allows them to kind of combine all these assets and realize what the size of the estate is and make sure that there's nothing left outside. And then finally, and it's kind of a preventative measure, is when you have when you grant people access to these accounts, it allows them to close the accounts. So for example, a PayPal account, if you grant if you grant act, grant your executor or trustee access to these digital assets, they then can close your PayPal account and you're not in jeopardy of um, identity theft, which mm-hmm. while not necessarily the big, the, everybody's first concern when they're thinking of their estate plan, it's certainly something that you would b- feel terrible would happen if, I mean, a, a deceased individual through a state fell victim to uh, identity theft. It could cause great problems for the family moving forward. And part of an estate plan, and jump in here if I'm heading us down the wrong path, but in addition to worrying about what happens after we pass away, there's also an element that says, look, if I become incapacitated, if I develop Alzheimer's or some other uh, affliction that keeps me from functioning, yet I'm still alive, then this person can manage it for me. Do do those situations um, get covered as well in this approach? A hundred percent, Jim. So what... When we draft an estate plan, we draft our estate plans for two purposes. One, what would happen if you were to pass away? And two, what would happen if you became incapacitated? So in our estate plans, we have obviously the trust provisions and the, uh, for, that provide for incapacity in that regard. But we also always draft a power of attorney for property. And that allows, that allows you to appoint someone who would be in charge of helping pay your bills and maintain your assets while you are capacitated so that you can still receive a certain standard of care, certain standard of living. So we include in the power of attorney for property a provision that allows your agent who's appointed under that to access these digital assets, which um, depending on what the assets are, it could be far more valuable or it might not be as pertinent. I mean, if we're talking about all it is is a Facebook account and you're just temporarily incapacitated, maybe it's not the biggest thing. But if you have some banking accounts where you have auto pay features or you have an online fidelity account or things of that nature, it may be incredibly important for your power of attorney for property to be able to access some of these accounts. And that's and that's where uh, we we want to ensure that anybody who becomes incapacitated, uh, that their agent would have the ability to access these types of assets. And if I am planning for either of those scenarios, and I want to make sure that uh, loved ones are, are ready to step in, and 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 that I'm not you know kind of putting them in a bad situation, what what should I be doing now to you know first of all protect my assets and to make sure that there's a smooth handoff when the time comes when they need to take over for me. Absolutely. So firstly and foremostly, uh, I would say I would talk to whoever drafted your estate plan and say, ask them, are, is my estate plan properly formed 
so that my digital assets are included in uh, the powers of the trustee or executor. So that's first and foremost. And second, if you're still concerned and you're still concerned that your estate plan may not uh, sufficiently address these issues, some websites allow you to name an individual who would be able to access your accounts after you pass away. For example, uh, Google allows you to name someone to access your email after your Google account after you have uh, passed away. Uh, Facebook allows someone to post your obituary as well as allow someone to accept and reject fund requests. Uh, PayPal has a feature that allows you to appoint someone. I think eBay does as well. So uh, while those mechanisms uh, are are great, obviously the first thing you want to do with the is name someone in the estate plan. And if we can't do that, then we'll then we would like to do it uh, directly via the websites. Now it's also important to understand that naming someone in those websites, it's also subject to those terms and conditions that we all click OK on. So it's important to realize that uh, although you're naming someone, it is subject to those terms and conditions that um, we often just click the OK box to move along. And, and briefly before I let you go, we, we've talked about social media, we've talked about some of the transactional sites like a PayPal. What about just all the things that we, we tend to store on our phones or our computers, just documents and things? Um, you know, do we assume then that someone has the ability to go through those, kind of sort through them and, and decide what they need to be kept or what needs to be kept or what needs to be just destroyed at that point? Absolutely. So, I mean, we, I mean, for me, I live on my phone. My, my, my phone has my calendar. My phone has my, con my contact book. I don't, I don't have a Rolodex. I mean, it's everything mm -hmm. right here. So the ability for my uh, trustee to go through and say, okay, here's what he has on his phone. It's important that uh, this information is maintained and we can get rid of this. It's, it's a very important thing, and it's something that when we draft the estate plan, we provide for these digital assets. It's something that we're exceedingly uh, very conscious of to ensure that there's, no, there's really nothing, nothing left. We want to make sure there's no stone unturned and that uh, your trustee or executor will have every possible power. Well, I certainly appreciate the time from Chris Mackey today, the attorney from Lavelle Law. Um, very interesting conversation. You can follow up with Chris. Uh, I want you to just hit lavellelaw.com. All the contact information is there, and you can reach out to Chris. We'll thank him and look forward to having him join again in the future. And we certainly appreciate you being with us as well. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you again soon.